In a career spanning over three decades, Brandon House has distinguished himself as a leading voice in public broadcasting with a legacy marked by groundbreaking achievements and an unwavering commitment to informing and engaging audiences across the nation. He's published 15 books and has been on over 3,000 radio and television programs. His daily radio program reaches millions worldwide across 67 radio stations. In 2006, Brandon launched the digital broadcast platform WorldviewTube.com that today is reaching millions with an international audience. And now, with a wealth of experience spanning 31 years, Brandon joins forces with General Michael Flynn and team on a mission to build the preeminent broadcast news network of our time, Patriot.tv. The landscape of broadcast news is being redefined and American media will never be the same. This is Brandon House Live. Good evening and welcome to the broadcast. We're going to be joined tonight by John McKernan. He's author of a book that he wrote many years ago called As America Has Done Unto Israel. And he has warned, well, that scripture, I'll bless those who bless you, I'll curse those who curse you. America and the UK seem intent on turning on Israel. What does that mean for America? Is there anything we can look at back in past years to show when America does this against Israel, something bad happens in America. You may say that sounds a little extreme, but there seems to be a pattern and it seems to be consistent with what the Bible speaks about God sovereignly being in charge and disciplining nations that go against his plan. We'll get to that with John McTernan. We'll also be joined by Tara Rhodes. You remember her as a government whistleblower related to sex trafficking of children. Now, Dr. Phil has appeared on The View. We saw him last week with a clip from his appearance on Joe Rogan's program. This is bringing the issue of child sex trafficking to a wider audience. Many Americans are now, I know it's hard to believe, but they are just now hearing about the fact that the federal government is the largest trafficker of children in the world. That comes on the heels of breaking news tonight and some children that have been found with paperwork on their bodies directing as to where they are to go once they cross the border. We'll tell you about that breaking news story because it fits in perfectly with what Tara wants to share with us tonight. We'll also play some of the clips from uh, Dr. Phil's appearance on The View. The ladies at The View seemed a little shocked by what Dr. Phil was saying. Then we're going to go to Colonel Rob Manis. There are many dangerous things happening right now in the world, as you well know, and a lot of it is related to NATO and Emmanuel Macron talking about moving troops into Ukraine. Well, tonight we have video footage of uh, Russia, Putin, moving weapons into place. You're going to want to see this footage. Things are ramping up very, very fast. Then we're going to get an economic update from Rebecca Walzer. Before we go to our first guest, John McTernan, take a look at this. President Trump has put out a statement tonight, and this is in relation to the Supreme Court. Legal scholars are extremely thankful for the Supreme Court's decision today to take up presidential immunity. Without presidential immunity, a president will not be able to properly function or make decisions in the best interest of the United States of America. 
presidents will always be concerned and even paralyzed by the prospect of wrongful prosecution and retaliation after they leave office. This could actually lead to the extortion and blackmail of a president. The other side would say, if you don't do something just the way we want it, we're going to go after you when you leave office, or perhaps even sooner. So we'll see what the U.S. Supreme Court does as they take up the issue of presidential immunity tonight. Also, we have other breaking news tonight, and that is that a judge in Illinois has removed Donald Trump from the ballot there, saying that uh, uh, the 14th Amendment is the basis. I guess he's accusing President Trump, like some of the other states have, of insurrection and thus moving him, removing him from the ballot. Well, like all the other states that have tried that in judges, I don't think that'll stand, but that is in the news tonight. We also have a very interesting um, report tonight in regards to uh, immigrants, illegal immigrants. So this is in Seattle. Illegal immigrants are demanding more free housing, and apparently they shut down a city council meeting in Seattle. Take a look and listen to this. Seattle City Council disrupted as asylum seekers and their supporters once again pleaded for support. Council President Sarah Nelson saying there are limited resources here. I don't really want to participate in in the, a conversation that should be had with uh, county leaders, state leaders, federal leaders. Council ultimately took a break from the meeting in the middle of chants from protesters yelling on behalf of the refugees. At one point, Council Member Kathy Moore requested that SPD take action. The request that we have police response. Uh, our physical safety is being threatened by the actions of the demonstrators outside banging on the windows. Eventually, arrests were made. It's the second time in two months that the group from Latin America has called upon Seattle leaders to fund their temporary housing. Refugees have been living in different area hotels, most recently this one in Kent. That stay was funded by Seattle taxpayers. Hennessy's from Venezuela said she knows this protest wasn't the most correct thing to do, but they've got kids. They feel pressured to act for them. And there's Well, maybe they should go back to Venezuela because many Americans feel pressured to act for their children. This, of course, is the powder keg we talked about months ago with Leo Holman and other guests that as these illegal immigrants get here, they get on the public dole. They're given, in some cases, five to $10,000 on debit cards, lured here by the help of the United Nations, the United States of America, other NGOs, uh, lured here, blackmailed in some regards, you know, and, and enticed to come here. Uh, and then when they get here and all of a sudden the, the money stops flowing, what do you think is gonna happen? Is that part of the plan? Get millions and millions of illegals into the United States of America, load them up with lots of money and housing and healthcare and education, and then turn off the spigot and see how that works. Is that the plan? Is that one of the plans of how they're going to have chaos in America as we move further and deeper into 2024? That's one report tonight. We have another one tonight that has to do with some illegals coming here. This is a report from Ben Burkram. He's citing tonight shocking footage from the Darien Gap. On the first night in the jungle, we were awakened in the middle of the night by a group of all men from Pakistan, Bangladesh, Sri Lanka, and India. 
that were being trafficked. I think what he means is they were uh, set, they were uh, they had maybe coyotes with them helping to bring them to America. Listen to what they had to say. Do you speak English? English? A little bit? Where are you from? Nepal. Nepal? How about him? Nepal? Nepal? All Nepal? Pakistan? You speak English? Huh? Yes? No good English, Urdu. Okay, a little bit? Urdu. A little bit? Pakistan? Where from? Huh? Bangladesh. Where are you going in America? New York? Chicago? Pakistan? Yeah. Holy cow. Sri Lanka? Wow. You speak English? Lift a hand, India. Wow. English, lift your hand if you speak English. <laughs> Sikh? Okay. No English, huh? No English? This is wild, guys. Huge group brought in at night. All men. No English here? India? India? Okay. No Pakistan? No, no, no. Explain to me what, what we just had, Oscar. Well, I was just having a conversation with the Santa Front guys, and we started seeing a bunch of lights coming in from from the uh, from the east part where we are going to go up uh, tomorrow more than 50 lights coming down and we were like that's a big group i i decided to come down here to see what's going on to see if there were families or whatever it was and i bumped into with migrants of pakistan migrants from sri lanka migrants from india uh migrants from you know and all men this is the preoccupying all men. all men this is this is the thing that worries me it's all men all of them they're men clearly they're being smuggled by the clan del golfo that, that operates in colombia and all of them, they're saying that they're paying a package. I had an interview, Ben, with a migrant from, from Venezuela saying that the packages in Ecocli, where we were at, $320 for, per person to get them from the boat into a place that they can get smuggled, Turbo, Acandica, Purgana. It's our first night back in the Darien Gap. We're going to go to the Colombian border in the morning and then end back up in Puerto Valdia. But behind us, massive group of men came in, huge national security threat. Uh, we went down there to investigate this. And I just want you to look at this video. All men from the Middle East, from Pakistan, from Bangladesh, from Sri Lanka, from India, all men, all being smuggled by the cartel. And this is happening every single night in different parts across Central and South America. This is what Joe Biden did. Joe Biden invited this national security threat. The question isn't if an attack is going to happen. It's when an attack is going to happen. Mm. Wow. Interesting. Uh how many of you from India? They all they raise their hand. But do you understand English? No. Okay. How many of you are buying it?
uh, what's very interesting, <clears throat> you don't have to show the screen, but when asked what they thought, one of the uh, Cinefront guys said, quote, terrorism is coming to America and it's coming from the inside, end quote. Joining me now is John McTurnan. He's author of a book, and I interviewed him about it. It had to be close to 20 years ago. As America Has Done Unto Israel. Maybe it was 15 years ago. I'll ask him. But it, the book came out many years ago, and it was saying that America had better be careful on how we respond to the nation of Israel, not how we respond necessarily to the government of Israel, meaning we don't have to agree with everything the Israeli government does. But we better be very careful how we treat the Jewish people. Like it or not, this is what God has said. I'll bless those who bless you. I'll curse those who curse you. I have a plan for them, and you better not come after them. If you do, there are going to be consequences. Joining me now is John McTurnan. He is a former federal, uh, federal law enforcement guy inside the Department of Treasury. John, thank you for being with us tonight. Well, it's a pleasure to be here with you. When I was listening to your lead-in, and I was riveted watching that. That was, I, I, you know, I'm aware of what's going on, but it was riveting to watch. Uh, it's very troubling, isn't it? And and this, we have video after video after video, report after report after report like this, and all of these military-age males. Uh, and and you you notice that uh, many of them look very healthy, very fit. You notice many of them even have to see, all, a couple of them seem to have their hair styled. I mean, their their hair is parted, it's clean. Uh, th these are not people that are, you know, in, in distress. They, they seem very alert as to what it is they're about to do or what they're being sent to do. They all, a lot of them seem to have a little bit of a guilty look to them when they're being asked uh, questions. And boy, they play real fast that they don't know how to speak English, but they all, they could raise their hand when asked if you're from India. Like, wait a minute, I didn't think you understood English. Um, but tell me, how does this fit in? And all that's happening in America, John, coming out of the Department of Treasury, you obviously understand finance. Uh, tell me with the economic crisis in America and other parts of the world, uh, with this m crisis of illegal immigrants flooding our borders, uh, the LGBTQ agenda, the worship of nature, the worship of, of the climate change agenda. How does all this fit into your book? And when did you write that book, As America Has Done Unto Israel? Well, you were right about the time. Uh, that book was written in the late uh, 1990s. And it's still, a, it's, it's not a bestseller now, it was, but it's still selling uh, because it, it hasn't changed. The principle of what I put in the book, the principles in there have not changed. But I, I uh, think that there is a concerted effort, and it's obvious, there's no doubt about it, to destroy America uh, from uh, many, many angles that we are not going to be the America that we grew up with. And remember, this is concerted. This is a world plan. And we have traders from inside of America that are, are working with the uh, world order. And the governor of uh, Texas has just come. I am in Texas. He just came out the other day and said that Joe Biden is um, uh, the biggest uh, procurer of children in the world. He came out and said it. That um, made no Texas. Texas now we're fighting for our life here, uh, closing down the border because we're being overrun, completely overrun by illegal aliens, 
and how can how can the federal government allow that? How can they allow it? But they are. So Texas, and I don't think you're getting too much of this outside of Texas, but uh, the Florida National Guard is here now. Louisiana National Guard is here. Arkansas National Guard, I believe Oklahoma is here. Uh, South Dakota is here. And other National Guards are on the way because the Texas border is about 12 to 1500 miles long. And it's, it's too much for Texas to tighten the whole thing. So the, all the National Guards are pulling in and where this is America. I mean, they're pouring through Texas. They're, they're uh, overcoming Texas, but they're going beyond Texas all over America. So this is a, a state's issue now because this is no one in there with a right mind can do what Biden is doing and not hate and try and destroy America. And so let's go to your book. You say, starting in 1987, I first started noticing the direct correlation between massive natural disasters striking America and national events. These events included Gay Pride Day, Supreme Court, court decisions, protecting abortion, and related events. Starting in 1991 with the Madrid peace process, I noticed the correlation between massive disasters and the United States pressuring Israel to surrender land for peace. The disasters always occurred within 24 hours of the event. In 1997, I printed my first book, God's Final Warning to America, which documented these correlations of disasters and same-day events. The natural events and the massive destructive disasters such as earthquakes, hurricanes, floods, and tornado outbreaks began to number in the dozens. By 2001, the correlation of events was so compelling that I decided to publish a second book focusing solely on Israel. The book is the third in my series that deals with biblical prophecy and current events. Let's talk about some of those, uh, John. Can you give me some examples of maybe where our nation did something pressuring Israel to give up land and then uh, a natural disaster event occurring that you believe may be God's uh, warning? Yeah, I, I will do it, and I'll bring it right home to what's going on now. <clears throat> Excuse me, my voice. <clears throat> all of a sudden, uh, what I want to share is we are all concerned now about Gaza and that war getting out of hand. And in uh, 2006, with uh, Hurricane Katrina, um, George Bush Jr., pressured the Israeli government to unilaterally pull out of Gaza and turn uh, the control over to the Palestinians, who in turn turned it over to Hamas. He was warned about that, not to do it, but he did it. The uh, George Bush pressured the Israeli government to do it. As the uh, Palestinians, excuse me, as the Jews, were being brought out of Gaza. They were forced out by the military and all. On the very day the last uh, Jew left, Hurricane Katrina became a hurricane. It was a just a, a depression in the Caribbean. It exploded overnight to a hurricane, hurricane hit southern Florida uh, the next day, went into the Gulf, made a right-hand turn, and headed directly at uh, New Orleans, and it ended up hitting a little east of New Orleans. At one point, it was a Category 5. It hit it hit New Orleans uh, there as a, a 3, did all that damage. And the headlines were Hurricane, what was happening in Gaza, 
and the hurricane hitting the United States. It was on the news. It was headlines on the newspapers. You could not miss it. And that's what I report in my book. Uh, and it's um, people may not agree with the correlations, but they're facts. I've been fact-checked many, many times. All my uh, correlations are correct. Even in the back of my book, which I have here, I have page after page after page um, verifying the correlations which I'm speaking about. So as America touched the land of Israel on that very same, almost the very same, well, that very day is when Hurricane Katrina exploded in the being a hurricane, our land was damaged. And I have about 15 correlations that are exactly the same to what happened to Gaza with the Jews in Gaza that happened to America. It's amazing to see this correlation. That's just one, Brandon. I've got dozens and dozens and dozens in the book, dozens. And of course, what you and I believe is not outside the mainstream of Christianity. I, I was explaining to my radio and television audience today at the one o'clock central time slot that what we believe this is what Billy Graham, you know, he, he packed out stadiums all over the world. Uh, this is what Billy Graham taught related to Israel. This is what D.L. Moody taught. This is what Charles Stanley, Adrian Rogers, John Wolverd, uh, uh, John Whitcomb, uh, Andy St or, uh, uh, St Stanley, the father Stanley. Um, you know, this is, this is what mainstream Christianity has taught in America for many, many years many decades. This is not a new concept, a new idea, and it was extremely mainstream, even though what we believe and teach now is being promoted as being rare, something new, and extremely outside the mainstream. Can you validate that what we're talking about is indeed very mainstream with individuals like whether it's D.L. Moody or William E. Blackstone? Oh, yeah. Uh, it goes back in America this all gelled in America. In fact, I write about this in my book, which you brought up, uh, how God, uh, the, the attitude of the American church in particular um, in the late 1800s, starting after the Civil War, uh, believed in the nation of Israel and that it was going to, God was going to restore it just as it's restored today. Um, so yes, that was mainstream America and it, it still is to some extent, but it's weakening now, Brennan, the uh, support for Israel, especially among the youth. It's shocking to see how the youth in the last just couple of years uh, are really, not, not only are they not supporting Israel, but they're supporting Hamas, uh, which is deadly for America. Uh, Brennan, I want to share uh, two scriptures with you. Yeah. It's most important, I get these out. It's from the tiny little book of Obadiah. Hardly anybody's ever read it. It's only 21 verses, but the, the verse here, verse 15 says, For the day of the Lord is near upon all heathen, all nations. As thou hast done to Israel, it shall be done unto thee. Thy reward shall be upon thine own head. I named this book, As America's Done to Israel, after that verse, Obadiah 115. And we come down, so as as. The end times, the day of the Lord is the second coming of Jesus Christ. As we get near, closer to closer to his second coming, 
as the nations do to Israel, God is going to do to them. So if you bless Israel, you'll, the nation will be blessed. If you try and destroy it, like Hamas is doing, Hezbollah is doing, Iran is doing, those nations are going to get the same judgment. So we go down to verse 18 in Obadiah. And this is talking about as the day of the Lord approaches, as, as um, the second coming of Jesus Christ approaches. The house of Jacob shall be a fire, the house of Joseph a flame, the house of Esau for stubble. That would be the Palestinians there. They shall kindle in them and devour them, and there shall not be any remaining of the house of Esau, for the Lord has spoken it. So there's an all-out war coming. And Israel is going to obliterate what the Bible here calls the house of Esau because they're trying to destroy Israel. The, the Bible just warned, do not try and destroy Israel. If you to try and destroy Israel, God has made a covenant with them going back to Abraham, 4,000 years. Isaac, Jacob, their seed. Israel has been out of the land, uh, destroyed as a nation for about 1,900 years by Rome. Jerusalem's been destroyed twice. They're back in the land. There is no other nation like Israel. Jerusalem's the capital. They speak Hebrew again. So they're back because of that covenant, Brennan. And unfortunately, a lot of people mock at it. They laugh at it. They don't believe it. But God's prophetic word is now getting into high gear. And there's an all-out war coming. And you could see it just today. I was looking at, at uh, following what's going on with Hezbollah to the north, Gaza's to the south, uh, Hezbollah's in Lebanon. And um, apparently Iran has given them the green light for an all-out war with Israel. So that's part of this prophecy. It's going to spread. And, and when that happens, we have evidence of the literal second coming of Jesus Christ very close. Well, what very close is, I don't know, but it's, it's unfolding right before our very eyes. The Honorable Brian Hook served in the Trump administration, and he warned in recent congressional testimony <clears throat> that America was funding Iran. Of course, Iran, of course, their, 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 their proxies, Hezbollah, and they were heavily behind Hamas and what happened October 7th. I want to play an audio and video for you, John, uh, and let, let you and the audience hear this because it fits right with what you're talking about, what America is doing. We're paying for this largely. Watch and listen. Hamas receives 93% of its, of its finances from Iran. Hezbollah received 70%. Iran is, you know, the first check that Hamas was written was in 1992, when Yasser Arafat said that the Iranian regime gave them $30 million. In a very short time, that number went up to 100 million, then to 300 million. And they have trained thousands of fighters. Uh, the IRGC has done that. Money is the sinews of war. Iran understands that. If you don't go after the money, it's just not a, it's not a serious strategy. And yet we're the ones that have given billions of dollars to Iran. Us. Absolutely. Yes. I remember under Obama, they sent uh, like $150 billion 
to Iran and plane loads of cash. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. That they, they had a literal stacked up high of cash. We have the picture. You're right. Was, what was it? Six billion in cash? Some some number like that. Why were they giving cash to I, Iran and knowing that they are leading terrorist nation in the world? And we backed it. Trump didn't allow any money to go there. But as soon as Biden came in, the money started to flow again. Let's take a look at this. This is from your book, October 1991. After the Gulf War ended in 1991, President George H. Bush began the initiative to start a Middle East peace plan involving Israel, the Palestinians and the countries surrounding Israel. Uh, third, uh, uh, this is your footnote, Israel, then the three is a footnote. On October 30th, 1991, President Bush opened the talks with a speech in which he said, quote, territorial compromise is essential for peace, end quote. From the very start of the Madrid peace process, the president made it very clear that Israel was required to surrender parts of the covenant land for peace. This surrender was the foundation of this peace process. The following excerpt of the president's speech shows this, quote, throughout the Middle East, we seek a stable and enduring settlement. We're not defined what this means. We've not defined what this means. Indeed, I make these points with no map showing where the final borders are to be drawn. Nevertheless, we believe territorial compromise is essential for peace, end quote. In their opening speeches, delegates from Egypt, Syria, and Palestine said that Israel must surrender land for peace. Egyptian Foreign Minister Amir Massah summarized the Arab position regarding the land of Israel. Jerusalem became the very heart of the conference. An excerpt of his speech follows, and there it is. And you say that on October 30th, this was on October 30th, 1991, on October 30th, a powerful storm developed off Nova Scotia. Tell our audience what happened to the home of George H. Bush. I remember seeing the pictures of it after the fact, and he and his wife touring it, and it made national news. After he was involved in trying to get Israel to give up covenant land, what happened to good old George George H., I should say. What happened to George H.'s own home there in Kinneybunkport, Maine? Excuse me. The very day he was making that speech, a freakish storm developed, and it actually was a hurricane that developed in the North Atlantic over Nova Scotia, and it came the wrong way. By the wrong way, I mean the weather patterns in the United States go from west to east and south to north. This storm went from the northeast to the southwest. It's called a retrograde storm. It was a hurricane with massive waves. It was ferocious, this storm. And Bush had a summer home in uh, right on the coast of called Kenny Bunkport, Maine. Eyewitnesses said storms, waves, over went right over his house, one after the other, coming in from the ocean. While he was in Madrid, making that speech about touching the land of Israel, about touching Jerusalem. His own house was devastated. The structure remained, but inside the whole house was completely destroyed. That's on the same day. Uh, and apparently he didn't learn from that back in October of uh, 1991, because in August of 92, August 24th, the Madrid Peace Conference moved to Washington, D.C., did anything happen after that? Uh, was there another another event after that? Yes, uh, it was Hurricane Andrew. The, the first meeting of the Madrid peace process in Washington finished at, it started at 10 in the morning. Earlier that morning, 
Hurricane Andrew, which turns out to be a Category 5, hit Florida, southern Florida. It went right across Florida. The meteorologists described it as a 30-mile wide. It was a small hurricane, but they described it as a 30-mile wide tornado. That's how powerful it was. It leveled southern Florida. At that point, at that time, it was the greatest natural disaster to hit America. It, the destruction was incredible. It's amazing that thousands weren't killed, but it leveled that area of southern um, uh, Florida. It went through Florida into the Gulf of Mexico, and it was heading right towards Houston, where they were having the Republican convention. And the storm weakened and turned north, and it didn't hit Houston. But right well, that convention, the Republican convention with George Bush, that hurricane hit. And the same day that the, the uh, first meeting of the Madrid peace process took place. Well, and that was altered by the land of Israel and Jerusalem. We have another one you point out in your book, September 1993. On September 1st, 93, the front page headline of the New York Times said, Israel and PLO ready to declare joint recognition. Subtitle read, met secretly in Europe. The article went on to say that diplomatic action was going on secretly in Europe. They reached an agreement known as the Oslo Peace Accords. What happened after that, John? Yeah, well, we had uh, hurricanes. <laughs> we had hurricanes that were active. Emily, right, hurricane, right, was it Hurricane uh, Emily, I think, yes, right? Yes, right? yes, right as, and this is, so we don't see the newspapers too much anymore. But back then there was newspapers. Today it's all it's all basically media like this. But they had the New York Times, and a lot of my articles I took from the front page of the New York Times. When you have that meeting you said well, you just described, and then you got Hurricane Emily hitting, and they're right there looking at you. So I didn't have to do like deep dive searches to make these correlations. Almost every one I got was right off the front page, Brandon for everybody to see and these you, you you don't have just a few you have more than we have time to get to and you just it just happens over and over and over again where we move to pressure israel to give up covenant land and something bad happens to america so we've had all these warnings john uh, as we get ready to conclude uh, and move to our next guest as we've had all these warnings now we see that America has been invaded with a standing military army, military-aged males, Islamic nations, Marxist nations. Do you see any of the people that have been, you know, these countries pressuring Israel to give up land, uh, the, the, the nations of the Middle East that have come against Israel, that have been speaking such hate and anti-Semitism against Israel? Do you see uh, any of the people groups from those very nations now taking up residence in large sums in America as uh, illegal aliens? In other words, is America about to find out the people that we've been agreeing with a lot uh, and coming against Israel with uh, some of these coalitions are now coalitions that are going to come against America inside our own lower 48? Uh, absolutely. I mean... A blind man could see this. Uh, we, we're the leading supporting nation of Israel. And under uh, really Obama, where did the, uh, the big influx of um, uh, Muslims begin? Under him. And at some point, there's going to be pressure, political pressure, and maybe even worse, from those people against America for supporting Israel. And that's what we see 
right now. It's not that the, the, um, the, that the Palestinians will say are being supported, but the Hamas is being supported. Hamas wants to, by their covenant, Hamas has a covenant. By their covenant, they want to kill all the Jews, not only in um, Israel, and they want Jerusalem, not only Israel, but they want the world. They want to exterminate the the, uh, the Jews first, and then they talk about the polytheists, which are Christians that believe in the Trinity. They they want a world completely for Islam, and and there were people here in huge numbers, especially the college campuses and that, supporting Hamas. Uh, this is beyond serious. And and Brandon, I want to mention the worst part of our country right now. The most dangerous is the southern border, correct? Right. You just showed us. What's the most dangerous part of Israel? The southern border. Mm. I'm watching it play out. Israel is at war through the southern border, which the United States, like you mentioned, with the money we were providing Iran, Iran is providing Hamas all they need. And what is our danger? Where are we being invaded? The southern border. And you know you what's very it... interesting about that, John, is that in one of my documentaries, I think it's Siege, that came out in December of uh, December of 2019, I have a clip of a man who's an expert on Islam warning that Canada will be like an aircraft carrier from which Islamists take off and carry out attacks on America. That Canada, well, he says, Canada would be like an aircraft carrier, and these these terrorists will come from Canada and carry out terrorist attacks on America. Now we're hearing about more and more of these illegals coming now from the north. Well, you got me onto it now, so you 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 started this. Yeah, but, now, what do you but, see going on in the north of 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 uh, of, of Israel? Israel, Hezbollah, Lebanon, Hezbollah, Hezbollah is to the north of Israel. Gaza is to the south right, of Israel. Right. We're being invaded from the south. Israel is being invade, invaded at war in the south. Now the war is moving to the north. That's where Lebanon is. That's where Hezbollah is set up there for ready for a major war with Israel. And who's to our north? Canada. And yes, we've had, uh, I was shocked to see the number of illegal aliens coming in through Canada. So they go to Canada with the idea of waiting for whatever their plan is and then coming across our border into the United States. So we got a two-pronged attack now on us. So it fits with so your book. I think you're going to fit with your book, As America's Done Unto Israel. Folks, here's a screenshot of it. I hope you'll get it. It's available online at Amazon. I'm going to have you give his website here, which is defend, defendproclaimthefaith.org, defendproclaimthefaith.org. Well, but you can also get it at Amazon as well. Yeah, I've actually changed that to usaprophecy.com. It's easier for everybody to remember. Okay, usaprophecy.com, usaprophecy.com. And again, I hope people will pick um, up the book. Thank you, and I'm glad you could see that parallel playing out right now. It's headlines. I'm not twisting anything, not making anything up. As we're doing to Israel, it's being done to us. Our southern border is being invaded. Yeah, and what I'm very concerned about, John, is that the October 7th attack there in Israel, is we're going to end up with something just like that here in America. I'm very concerned about that. Closing comment? Uh, you have a right to be concerned. And what we need 
is God-fearing people need to be in prayer for America. It's only through prayer can we can we survive this because we have traitors within our nation that have set this up on us. It it's so obvious. Biden and not only him, but the ones that are controlling him and all, they have a plan to destroy us. I think they do. Prophecyusa.org. Prophecyusa.org. Hope you guys will check out his book, As America Is Done Into Israel, about 20 years old now, but boy, more more uh, uh, current now than ever before. Thank you, John. Well, God bless you and all your, I was going to say listeners, all your viewers. Thank you, John. John McTurnan checking in. Check out his book, As America Has Done Unto Israel. All right. We're going to be joined now by Tara Rodas. She is the whistleblower, the government whistleblower that was warning, and we've had her on our program before. You've seen her testify before Congress warning about all the child trafficking uh, that the, the American government is largely the really the largest trafficker of children. She's going to join us right after this break, folks. We're also going to play some clips of Dr. Phil recently on The View. This is going mainstream. A lot of Americans are shocked to find out what our own government is doing. And then we have breaking news today about some children that were just found crossing the border. What was found on those children? That's a story even being reported tonight by the Daily Mail. Tara will join us, then Colonel Rob Manis to talk about uh, how NATO is pushing us quicker and faster towards World War III, and then Rebecca Walzer with an economic update with more banks under stress, these regional banks. You'll want to hear her report as well. It's Brandon House Live. I'm Brandon House. We'll be right back after this break. MelissaHouseBG.com Bella Grace Elixir she called me today and she told me something and I said, you have got to tell the audience this. They need to hear this because it's really good news for those of you that, well, are taking Bella Grace. What happened today? Well, I went to my hairdresser and I had not told her um, about this product that I've been taking and she was blow drying my hair. She said, you, I just noticed when I was parting your hair and fixing it that you have a bunch of new hair growth. I've been going to this lady for probably 13 years and she's never said that to me and I had noticed it but for the fact that she the fact that she noticed it was I had to call Brand right away and tell him we we have not <laughs> mentioned this a lot because you know we're not we're not going to make claims okay right. you can go to the website you can read the testimonials you can read the clinical reviews the clinical trials but we're not prone to making a lot of claims about the product other than personally and I wanted to take it for a while and we wanted to I... take and try it but we had heard that one of the things this would do... Well, collagen will grow your grow hair. Grow your hair. Collagen mm -hmm. supposedly grows your hair. She said, you've never had this before. I just, I don't... But we had heard that was the testimony of others, but we we can't go on that. She saw it on her own without me even telling her that I was... And then I went on to tell her that I've been taking What you were taking. Product, yes. Own, own hairdresser mm -hmm. said, you've got more hair and new hair coming in up top. Yeah, What's, she just said, you've never had this like this, and it's growing, and you just have all these baby hairs growing in, and they're kind of curly and so I just told her that what I was taking and she was amazed so melissahousebg.com experts say that Russian hackers found a way to hack our utilities and the hackers may still be in there waiting to strike go after their power go after their water and you right. can bring a nation to its knees they're identifying targets they're positioning uh, malware so they could pull the trigger when they wanted to. Experts see the intrusion as a possible precursor to an unprecedented Russian cyber attack that could, in the event of war, <laughs> devastate the U.S. 
We know that China has been hacking everything they can and stealing our intellectual property. They want to take down America's economy. They want to take down our morale. They understand that if they can destroy our economy, they can destroy our future. We're at war. All right, welcome back. Glad you are with us. Take a look at this headline tonight on Daily Mail. Texas Border Patrol agents find five unaccompanied minors or unaccompanied kids on border carrying pieces of paper with addresses in Empire State. You guys probably remember my guest, Tara Rodas. I've had her on the broadcast several times. You might remember she was one of the ones that was testifying before the U.S. Congress about child trafficking. She's a whistleblower. uh, that was inside the HHS. She heard what was happening by the report of someone else. That someone else was a guest with her one night on this broadcast. She went to check it out, found out that what he was saying was true, and she could remain silent no more. She became a whistleblower. Maybe you remember a little bit of this testimony. Watch this. Good afternoon, Chairman McClintock, Ranking Member Japal, and distinguished members of the committee. It is an honor to be here. I thank you for the invitation to share my testimony. My goal is to inspire action to safeguard the lives of migrant children, including the staggering 85,000 that are missing. You guys remember that? Video footage and clips that have gone viral, and rightfully so. She joins us tonight. She has not been doing a lot of interviews lately, uh, but um, she's here tonight. We're very thankful she is because this is even a breaking story well, day to day, and more so now with the report out of the Daily Mail and the recent appearance by Dr. Phil on The View. We have some clips to play for you from his appearance. Tara, welcome back to the broadcast. Thank you for joining us. Brandon, thank you so much for having me on this evening, and I really appreciate you shining a light on what we now know is government-sponsored, taxpayer-funded child trafficking. So I appreciate you. Absolutely. Well, it's a team effort and we pre- we appreciate you and I know our audience does as well. I want to go back to this story uh, from the Daily Mail. Here it is again that these kids are carrying pieces of paper. Let me try to get rid of that ad if I can. There we go. Uh, I'm just going to refresh it, see if that'll fix it. All these ads. There we go. Texas border agents, patrol agents find five unaccompanied kids on border carrying pieces of paper with addresses in Empire State. Well, what, what do you know about this and what does it tell us, Tara? Yeah, well, if your viewers want to follow Lieutenant Oliveras, they can see pictures like this almost every day from Border Patrol. So what's happening is that children who are being lured to the United States, they're coming with pieces of paper that they hand over that have addresses of so-called sponsors. And these, these children turn over this information to Border Patrol And from there, the United States government has become the middleman in delivering these children to sponsors all around the country. And sadly, about one third of these children who've entered the country since 2021 are now missing. And when you say missing, what what does that mean to the average person listening? Meaning they're in somebody's home somewhere in the country and it's like finding a needle in a haystack or missing as in they are how do you want to say it, but 
in a warehouse being sex trafficked, maybe in a slaughterhouse, now working and grinding up meat? What, what does missing mean? Yeah, well, missing means that 30 days after the United States government turns the child over to the sponsor, they can no longer make contact with them. So there's no legal obligation on the part of the sponsor that the United States government is paying to deliver the child to. Uh, there's no obligation for them to ever answer a phone call again once the child is turned over. There's no obligation for them to follow the rules that they said that they were going to do when they became the sponsor of this child. So these children are missing. That means that 30 days after placement, after delivery, and whistleblower Carlos Ariana shared how these children are delivered to baggage claim in airports and picked up by sponsors, that it's no wonder they can't find the children. And sadly, they're being found working in slaughterhouses all across the United States. Children are calling a hotline to report they're being abused, neglected, and trafficked. And that's data from the United States government. These are facts. These children are gone. Their data says so. These children are working overnight shifts in slaughterhouses. Even the New York Times has documented the horror that the children are facing here. The Border Patrol, just like in the interview with Dr. Phil, shared that they know these children are being delivered to sex trafficking rings here in the United States. So I think it's just important that people understand that Epstein Island didn't just exist on an island. It exists here in the United States where a majority of sex buyers are. Mm. Dr. Phil appeared recently on The View. W when did that ha happen? Do you know when that appearance was? I believe that was on Monday. And so he appeared on Joe Rogan. He was on The View. He was on with Jesse Waters as well. Um, it's a teaser to his big show that's going to be airing soon. Yeah, he was actually talking with border agents. Mm -hmm. And so, Dr. Phil, we played a clip of him with Joe Rogan the other day, and I guess my comment on it was, this is really bringing this story mainstream because Dr. Phil is going to reach people that you and I would, in this broadcast would never reach. So in, in one sense, this is very, very good news that he can bring this to a wider audience. But I also believe, as I shared with you on the telephone today, and I've been telling the audience for some time, that the more that people wake up and they drop the right-left paradigm, Democrat-Republican paradigm, where they want us fighting each other, they want us divided, the more that people set aside, say, okay, we do disagree on some pretty important issues, but here's where we do agree. Let's take these on because we have a common theme here, and that's that we're all being oppressed by a tyrannical government that's not only trying to squish all of us, and, and, and then steal from us through a socialist program that takes our hard-earned money and redistributes it to people that don't rightly deserve our money, but they're also now involved in sex trafficking of children. So as we unite on the things we do agree on, that makes us, we the people, increasingly dangerous to the federal government, and particularly if you have someone to get into office who's going to now turn, now that the people realize what's going on, and they're going to demand arrest. They're going to demand prosecution. So these people now that are being exposed, they become very uh, concerned about their future. And so we are becoming very dangerous as the American people come together and set aside that trap of the right-left paradigm to divide us. And we say, oh, wow. And Dr. Phil is helping us do that, is he not? Well, I would hope so because 
sex trafficking of children is not a left-right That's issue. exactly right. This is a good versus evil issue. That's exactly children, right. Children deserve to be defended and protected. And this, this narrative that the Office of Refugee Resettlement Unaccompanied Children Program is humanitarian is a lie. It's a flat-out lie because the children are suffering. The children are working overnight shifts in slaughterhouses. They are dying here in jobs, falling off roofs. One, one little boy, his first day on the job was killed because he fell 50 feet off of a roof because he doesn't know how to do that job. There are children being killed in slaughterhouses. A little boy here in my state of Virginia, I live in the great state, the Commonwealth of Virginia, and a little boy here working in a factory that deboned chicken, he was pulled partially into the machine. He's maimed for life as a teenager. This is not humanitarian. This is modern day slavery. This is not left or right. This is good versus evil. And anybody who will not stand up for these children is standing up for slavery, period, end of story. And supposedly, we're a nation that is, you know, doesn't approve of that. That's right. We, we dealt with that issue, and yet a lot of people don't seem to realize it's still around. And uh, you and I are in agreement. As, the, as we drop the left-right banter and we find issues where we agree, that makes us, the people, you know, a real threat to the powers that be that are doing these things. And that's why, of course, I think we're starting to see some of our, gov our government increasingly turn on more and more and more of us. And people like yourself and others, you know, are taking great risks to say what you're saying and doing because we've had people at very high levels uh, that have been complicit in this. Uh, I want to play a clip from Dr. Phil on The View. Uh, I'm seeing this for the first time, folks, so I'm a little eager to see how the ladies on The View respond to what Dr. Phil's about to tell them. Watch and listen to this. I talked to the head of all the border guards down there, the, the head of the union. I asked him straight up, kids are coming over the border with numbers written on them, phone numbers and addresses. Do we check those out? He said, well, we call them. Is it possible that we're sending them into known prostitution rings or sweatshops? He said, it's not possible. It is absolute. We are using American tax dollars to ship children into known prostitution All and sweatshops. Some children. Well, who knows? Okay. We don't know. I said, are you? So what kind of checking do they do? So they, they call said, the number uh -huh, and, and say, do you know about this child? They say, yes. Will you receive them when they come? Yes. I said, is it possible that that's a prostitution ring? He said, we, ha we know enough to know that it, in a number of cases, it has turned out to be absolute sex ring. It has turned out to be an absolute sweatshop. I said, how is this possible? Well, what do they and he do said, then? it is happening. What do they do then if they know that that's happening? Where is the U.S. Attorney's Office? Where is the... Here's the here's Damn good the question. You have, to, you have to re-ask that question when we come okay. back. Because okay. we're coming... All right, so let me ask you, was that a cut? Did they just cut him off? Did they allow him to come back and finish? Um, they did allow him to come back, that's but good. I think that it's just stunning. It's absolutely stunning that you can have Brandon Judd, right, at, right there on the border with Dr. Phil, telling people that he, with his very own eyes and expertise, 
knows that these children are being delivered by the United States government to known sex trafficking rings. And we, as the American people, need to say, why is that? Why, why is that? Why is no one being held account for where the children are? Why is it that HHS is continually called before Congress to give account? This is over a 10-year period, by the way. This didn't just start happening yesterday. This has been for a decade, at least. And they continue to be called before Congress and have no answers as to about where the children are, how they're doing, because technically they have no legal responsibility to do so. And that's appalling. It is unacceptable. And people need to remember that, again, this is good versus evil. We must stand up and defend and protect these children. Indeed. Even PBS did a piece on this trafficked in America that you brought to my attention. I want to show a little bit of this. Watch this, folks. This is a crime that hides in plain sight. It's probably one of these things that you just don't want to know. Immigrant teenagers forced to work. They were kids like me, 14 and a half, 15. At farms that feed our families. They're vulnerable and easy to victimize, and they're alone. Frontline takes you on a journey from Central America to the American heartland. We've got these kids. For us to just throw them to the wolves, it's wrong. Reporter Daffodil Altan from the UC Berkeley investigative reporting program goes inside a criminal conspiracy. Is Pablo someone you would ever consider dangerous? I think he's like a rat in a corner if you trapped him in it. Trafficked in America. So PBS knew this was going on back then. How long ago is this? That, if you can imagine, Brannon, was highlights from a 2014 trafficking case wow. in Marion, Ohio, on an egg farm where there were boys who were packed into a trailer. I encourage all of your viewers to watch that. Thank you for showing that clip, Brandon, because it demonstrates the horrific conditions that these children are being forced to live and work as slave labor. These children were in a trailer. You can see where they were living. There wasn't even a functioning toilet. They had a bucket. They were being threatened with their very lives. Their families had turned over the deeds to their property in their home country of Guatemala. And they're here in modern day slavery. A decade ago. Wow. And the program now is just putting more children through, spending more taxpayer dollars to put children in slavery. Somebody needs to begin to ask what is going on at the Department of Health and Human Services, because there's nothing healthy or humanitarian about any of this. And, th and that's where the agency you came out of, where you heard this uh, report and you verified it inside that agency. And that's when you came, became a whistleblower and became who you are and known to us. Can you tell me who Hannah Dreyer is? Because here she is. This is a brand new post from just a few days ago. Migrant children are exploited across the U.S. processing products for major brands and retailers. Who is Hannah Dreyer? Yeah, so Hannah Dreyer is a very courageous reporter at the New York Times. Shout out to you, Hannah. Um, so she has reported all across the country labor trafficking of these children. She has documented the horrific journey uh, that they have here in the United States, where they are working in slave labor. She has documented the children who have been killed on their jobs. She has video of teen roofers, roofers 
who are teenagers and tells about how some of them have fallen off the roofs and died. Some have sadly, you know, they've fallen and been injured for life. They've broken their back or had a traumatic brain injury as a result of the jobs that they're being forced to do. So these children, and I think most Americans believe that the kids, you know, they're coming here for a better life and they're gonna go to school. Friends, that's not what's happening to these children. They're being forced into slave labor and sex slavery. That's what's happening to these children and worse. And our government knows it. And that's what you're telling our audience tonight is our government knows it and is aiding and abetting it, correct? Yes, they've known for a decade. You you saw those were Senate hearings. Senator Rob Portman in 2016, they held Senate hearings. They continue to hold Senate hearings. You know, in 2023, I had the privilege uh, to speak before the House Judiciary Committee. And has the program changed? No. Has one less child been trafficked? No. They're continuing to put hundreds of thousands of children with known criminals sex traffickers, gang members, and thanks to DHS whistleblower Aaron Stevenson, we know they're going to members of transnational criminal organizations. So these are, you know, bad actors on the top watch list. And this is absolutely unacceptable because our friends at FBI know they have access to the top watch list. They see that these criminals our sponsors, they see that they're here in the United States. And so instead of going to round up those people, they seem to have a little bit of a misguided mission at this moment. So uh, if you don't know some of the misdeeds and malfeasance of the FBI, you should follow Kyle Serafin, uh, Garrett O'Boyle, and Steve Friend, and you can learn a little bit about what they're doing instead of finding gang members who are sex trafficking and using children for slave labor. And as you may know, we now produce the daily show of Steve Friend here yes. uh, on at Patriot.tv. Um, yes. So in conclusion, I want to show your website in a minute here, but the bottom line is what? Is this all about money? I mean, is this, is this um, the federal government, has the federal government become the world's largest um, criminal gang syndicate? Is this about money? Well, what I can say is that when I was deployed to the Pomona Fairplex, the contractor was earning over $100 million a month to move children, move children, 10 to 14 days, move these kids, move these kids. It was speed over safety. And so I just want to ask your listeners and your viewers, for $100 million a month, how much are you going to see something and say something? So there's a lot of money on the line. There are, it's more than $5 billion a year in the program. Contractors and NGOs. Are $5 billion a year. Yeah. Yeah. So there so are that must mean a lot of politicians and a lot of uh, law enforcement are getting kickbacks. Well, a lot of NGOs and contractors are making a lot of money. So people can just go look and they can go to usaspending.gov. And they can look at Health and Human Services, which, by the way, is over 20% of the U.S. budget, which is, that's a little bit staggering. It's over 20% of the U.S. budget. It's a multi-trillion dollar agency. And they've got lots of money to throw around. So they are making NGOs and contractors absolutely rich. 
off of the lives of these vulnerable children. Can you then track the money from any of those contractors to said politicians? In other words, well, could, do any of these NGOs or any of these people tied to them make large contributions to certain elected officials along the way? Well, it's my understanding that some people are looking into that. But what I can say is that Andrew Lorenzen Strait, who used to be, you know, he used to work for USCIS, he conveniently left the administration at the beginning of February 21. And then he went to work with another company, one of those contractors, and said on camera, he didn't know he was being filmed, that he was getting contracts the Washington way hmm. to to move these children. So I think people are are looking into some of the malfeasance of the government and how they're getting these contracts, where this money is going, and why would the United States of America spend one penny when we know that these children are being trafficked for labor and for sex? This program needs to stop. Indeed. Look at this, folks. AmericasFuture.net. AmericasFuture.net. Tara, is this, this is an organization you work with, correct? Yes. So I have the privilege of serving on their project, Defend and Protect Our Children. Many people, parents, you know, your viewers, you know, right now there is a war on children. There is a war on children. And America's Future is standing up to say, we must, we must defend and protect children from evil. And so I have the privilege to serve alongside Mary Flynn O'Neill, Lara Logan, Liz Crokin, Baz and Tina, they, just some incredible, incredible people. And um, is that, is that, are, is Boz, is that, uh, that's, is that Billy Graham's uh, grandson? That boss? No, no, okay. this is a different one. Okay. Uh, he he works for ARC, the Association for the Recovery of Children. And so um, Lynn's Piper Loomis, who is a survivor, uh, Mike Smith, who actually is the filmmaker for Out of Shadows and Into the Light. So he came out of Hollywood and is shining a big bright light on that. And of course, General Flynn. Who, who serves on the board of America's Future. So and, and is with us here at Patriot.tv, as you probably well know now, right? Yes, or I'm I with him, Or that. I'm with him, I should say now, as you know, probably now know. So yes, we yes. have a lot of the same friends, no doubt about it. Yes, I hope you guys will do. visit it, americasfuture.net, americasfuture.net. And Tara, I want you to know, you have a platform to inform uh, the audience anytime you want. I'm just a text away, okay? Okay, well, Brandon, thank you so very much. And again, thanks to the whistleblowers. You've had everybody on here. Aaron Stevenson, Deb White, Myra Moreno, Carlos, uh, Carlos Ariano, and a host of other new people who will be coming forward. And Brandon, we just appreciate you. And thank you again for shining a light on even what Dr. Phil knows is government-sponsored, taxpayer-funded child trafficking. Indeed it is. It's a team effort, and we appreciate your letting us be a part of it. Thank you, Tara. Tara, appreciate it so much. Thank you. Check it out, folks, americasfuture.net, americasfuture.net. And if this screen doesn't stop doing that behind me, I'm, I think it's gonna irritate me to death, but I think they're gonna get it fixed tomorrow. They're telling me in my ear. All right, we must hurry along. We have Colonel Rob Manis to get to and Rebecca Walzer. Uh, joining me now is Colonel Rob Manis. Colonel, welcome back to the broadcast. Thank you for being with us. Good evening. Uh, here's troubling uh, footage tonight out of the former Soviet Union, out of Russia, now that uh, NATO is ramping up their uh, 
uh, hostilities toward Russia. I am not a defender of Putin, uh, I'll, but I, I do think what they're doing here is deliberately trying to escalate a situation. I want your feedback on it, but take a look at this. Uh, any idea what we're looking at here? What I mean, you folks, he was in charge. He was the commander at Kirkland Air Force Base and worked in the nuclear part of the uh, Pentagon and wrote, helped write the manual for the nuclear football. So this guy knows <laughs> the, the seriousness of this. What, what are we looking at here? What are, the, what are these pieces of equipment? What you're looking at are uh, road mobile ICBMs, intercontinental ballistic missiles, which are armed with uh, multiple reentry vehicle warheads, uh, nuclear warheads, and they are on the move. Uh, the United States chose not to have this capability, but all of our adversaries have built and practiced using this capability. You know, early on in the Ukraine-Russia war, uh, Russia put their nuclear forces, all of them, tactical and strategic, at a higher state of readiness. And these uh, Topol-Ms, I believe they are, uh, were seen moving around the country then, uh, because obviously the senior leadership of Russia was concerned about what the United States and or NATO was going to do. Mm, absolutely. So, that's what so, so tell me your thoughts. I mean, would you agree with me that what has happened this week is something that should be all over the national news, the international news, as NATO says, hey, we're going to add in Ukraine. Uh, they're, they're, uh, Hans Stolenberger or Stolenberg has said that. Here, is the, here it is. We've seen it. We'll play it again. I think I've got a couple clips playing. Hold on a second. I think I got more than one uh, clip playing. I need to turn one off probably, right, Logan? All right, let me go back to him. We've played this, but I think it merits playing again for anyone that missed it. Here's what got uh, Putin, of course, concerned. Here we go. Ukraine will join NATO. It is Nucra Ukraine is going to join if. NATO one way or the other is what he's saying the here. When. As let me do that again. It always seems to hang up right there. All right. I don't know why this file has been doing this to us Question all day, if, but he but the said they're going to join one way or the other. It's not a matter of, of if, but when. So do you agree with me, Colonel, that this is uh, putting us in a new situation here, uh, That w one that should be all over the national news? I believe this is the second time that Stoltenberg has publicly said this, and it's a, it's a, it's a grave strategic mistake, Brandon, uh, because it, it opens up. Uh, the veil of ambiguity that we need on our strategic deterrence, which is nuclear forces, uh, so that uh, when Putin's making decisions, uh, that he is of the mindset that the risk is too high to uh, do things like use tactical nuclear weapons on the battlefield if he sees he's losing in Ukraine uh, and so on. Uh, and to do this is just a grave mistake and sets the stage for the next level of confrontation, either between NATO and Russia, or God forbid, between the United States and Russia directly, which could easily go nuclear. So tell me how you thread the needle on this. I get people that say, wait a minute, Brian, when did you turn to become a defender of Russia, of Putin? I'm not. I, I've produced documentaries warning about the alliance of Russia, China, and Iran. I've warned about Vostok 18, what was said to be the largest military exercise uh, in world history with uh, China and Russia together. A few weeks later, I think they added in uh, Iran. Dr. Peter Benson Pry told us about Operation Dragonfly, Russia and China hacking on our power grid right before they practiced that. 
Uh, we know the BRICS banking system, Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa, adding in the United Arab Emirates and um, Iran to that and others to, to destroy the American dollar. One reason, of course, might be because we have done sanctions and we have done all kinds of things to use the American dollar as a tool and a weapon. And maybe they're saying, you know what, we'll figure out a way to get around that. So some of this could have been our own own foolish decisions of how we've done things. But uh, uh, that doesn't mean I'm a defender of Putin um, uh, because I know he's in alliance with, with uh, Iran, an alliance with uh, China and others. So I guess the way I look at it, and I would say to the listeners who say, wait a minute, when did you become a defender of Putin? I'm not a defender of Putin. What I am is a defender of my homeland, and I'm a defender of my children and my friends' children and grandchildren, and I don't want to see any of them sent off to war. I don't want to see uh, mushroom clouds over major American cities. I don't want to see uh, the power grid go down and 90% of Americans dead inside of a year, as congressional studies show. And I know that what we're doing apparently is either going to give justification to Putin or is going to incite Putin. So it isn't a matter to me of defending Putin and therefore somehow defending and siding up with Putin and Iran and, and China. It's a matter of saying there, there is a way to look at each individual situation in the context of each individual situation and realize that right now, I'm not so much pointing my finger at Putin as I am pointing my finger at Washington, D.C. and NATO and what we're doing to exacerbate this situation, as Dr. Peter Vincent Price said years ago. We should be telling Putin we're not going to add Ukraine to NATO and we're not dragging weapons into Ukraine. So do, am I threading the needle correctly not to come off as a Putin apologist, but at the same time, you know, understand who's really seeming, seeming to make you know, bad decisions here to get us into an escalated situation and thus World War III? Oh, you absolutely are. I mean, it's it's very strange, you know, that these days that uh, people that have no really solid understanding of the geopolitical nature of the strategic balancing between superpowers or near or near peer powers uh, at the level that the Soviet or the ex-Soviet Union, the Russians uh, and the United States uh, are or Russia and NATO are, and that we people who have studied it, have worked it for years, I was in the Cold War, my dad was, my brother was, have an understanding of why Russia might do something based on what we know about them, what they've done in the past, and what the historical nature of their interests are. And it seems that any discussion of that turns someone into a Putin apologist. Well, that's just baloney. You know, uh, I would ask the American people this question, Brandon. If the United States and NATO had acted the way we are acting today the last three years, which in my opinion drove Russia to make this decision to go ahead and start the war, uh, all-out war against Ukraine to preserve its Russian ethnic territories and to save some people and stop what was going on there, okay? If we had acted this way with the Soviet Union, the planet probably wouldn't exist today because we would have had more than one all-out nuclear exchange. That's how bad our behavior is when you look at it in the context and through the lens of what Russia's historical vital national interests are and what the United States and NATO's vital national interests are not. Even Barack Obama said it. Ukraine is not in the vital national interest of the United States, but it is in Russia's, and that's the problem. 
Uh, and these people in the U.S. government and our intelligence agencies like Victoria Newland and John Brennan and Mike McFall that have driven this road far and fast all the way from the time that we did the color revolution that threw the pro-Russian elected government, legitimately elected government out and installed our own that started the civil war, which is what was happening in the Donbass where Azov battalions, you know, those Nazis that don't exist, were attacking and committing civilian atrocities in that area on Russian ethics and caused the Russians to help some of those areas, especially after they declared their own independence away from Ukraine and continued to do that until we got to the point where what Russia said, the red line is Ukraine cannot be in NATO. And this conversation publicly started again that Ukraine was going to go into NATO and that was the trigger point for Russia to act in its vital national interest. The Ukraine area has always been a, the critical piece of territory that Russia historically, not just the Soviet Union, but Russia for a thousand, over a thousand years has used as the buffer to protect itself from aggressors from the rest of Europe. And by the way, NATO worked in the Cold War because it was a purely defensive alliance. It's since we chose to take it offensive in places like Libya, the former Yugoslavia, and Afghanistan that have destroyed its capability and made it a threat to Russia. And then we invited Sweden and Finland in again. And Finland shares an 800 mile border with Russia. And now they are coming into NATO. Tell me who's the aggressor here when it comes to the strategic countries and the strategic alliance that's involved in this decision-making process. And that's the problem. Our choices and our actions, primarily the United States, have what are what have led to the current situation. And now we come to the question of the F-16. I don't know if you've noticed yeah. or not, but the United States said it's okay if NATO countries give their F-16s to Ukraine and, you know, we'll help train the pilots and everything. Here's the problem with that. President Putin has already explicitly stated that the United States is probably opening a can of worms that it doesn't intend to open, but it will be opened and Russia will act just on the fact that they go there. But that equipment, most of it in NATO is nuclear weapons capable. And if aircraft that are nuclear weapons capable end up with trained Ukrainian pilots on all of those systems, it's just a short hop to a NATO base where there are nu likely nuclear weapons. That I'm are not confirming or denying there are, but there likely are to be because the capability is known. And if that happens, President Putin has said once again, that will open the high possibility to nuclear World War III between Russia and the United States. And of course, China will come in because they've already developed an agreement to use nuclear forces together because of our decisions on what we're doing with Ukraine. That's one of the consequences that occurred. We're gonna to go to Rebecca Walls. We're gonna go a little long tonight, folks because I got to finish up my report here and then go to Rebecca with some big news as well.
Um, <clears throat> so in closing, Colonel, it seems as though our CIA has been there fooling around, as you say, overthrowing a duly elected government in Ukraine, building military bases, 12 of them now has come out. It, it looks like we've had boots on the ground there for some time. Uh, and that this has go on, been going on for a decade. Uh, and, and I guess at some degree, um, you know, Putin maybe has been seen as long-suffering, <laughs> if you look at it in a certain angle, right? Well, well yeah. I mean, you know, anybody that understands geopolitics uh, and the nature of Europe uh, and the intertwined relationships between uh, these ethnic groups and the countries themselves and, and where they've been uh, and where they've come from, uh, understands that can have an understanding that Putin is making rational decisions. He's not making irrational decisions like the Iranian mullahs would. If they when they get a nuclear missile, they're going to use it. That's what's going to happen. Uh, so Putin and that, and that's one of the things that allowed us to succeed in the Cold War is is uh, you know uh, the Europeans and the Russians, the old Soviet Union and the Americans, we were rational actors in this business. And it prevented major World War III, especially a nuclear World War III, even though it didn't prevent the smaller wars like what you see happening in Ukraine right now or in the Middle East uh, and those kind of areas. But it did prevent the risk of what we're talking about now. But that prevention, that deterrence at the strategic nuclear level has evaporated. And we are at, in grave danger not just the United States and NATO, but the entire globe is in grave danger if the decisions that are being made don't stop being made the way they are. You mentioned the CIA bases. That just confirms what I said about the color revolution. We did it. I know there are denials, but the facts show it. We did it. That's why Putin went in the Crimea under the Crimea operation. And then when we did not appropriately respond there, that opened the door to the next operation, which is what's going on with Ukraine. And, you know, when they put their nukes at high state of a higher state of readiness at the beginning of war, our action was to do nothing. As a matter of fact, we did we did less than nothing. We stopped our regular uh, combat mission ready intercontinental ballistic missile test where we take an operational crew, an operational missile, operational maintenance, and operational security forces, move them out to Vandenberg Air Force Base, and launch an, an unarmed ICBM to prove that the crews that are mission ready and the weapons that are mission ready can actually do that job. We canceled it. That put us on a level where we didn't have parity with our readiness and our nuclear forces, and that opened the door to even greater risk, Brandon. So it's our decisions primarily that have resulted in where we're at today. You can't take all the responsibility because Putin made his decision too. And I don't agree. I didn't agree that he needed to do it. But, you know, when you look at it through the lens of Russia and this situation, it sure looks like the West was the aggressor and continues to be the aggressor with things like this statement from Stoltenberg and who also said that they're okay with US F-16s being used to attack targets inside of Russia once Ukraine gets them. Yes. Uh, and goodness, if those are nuclear capable F-16s uh, that, uh, that get put there and they do it with that, look out. Yeah, indeed. Tell our audience where they can- Putin keeps his 
tell our audience where they can hear you each and every day, Colonel. Uh, Monday through Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern, uh, right here on Patriot.tv Live, uh, on all of my socials and my website, robmanus.com. And I'm at Rob Manus on all my socials, except for my fan page on Facebook, and that is at C-O-L Rob Manus. Indeed. Thank you, Rob. Colonel Rob, appreciate it. Thank you, Brandon. All right, joining me now is Rebecca Walzer. Rebecca, thank you for your patience. We had a longer segment tonight on uh, the sex trafficking of children, and I just couldn't cut it off. Dr. Uh, Phil has come out on The View and been, been able to expose uh, here in the last few days something that seemed to have caught the ladies on The View by surprise, and he's really helping get out the word about all of these children, 85,000 of them that are missing, and that the government's sex trafficking children, and many of these kids are also ending up in... Uh, uh, plants around the country, uh, meatpacking plants and other things. So I couldn't cut Tara off because I, the information was just so vital. So I'm running a little behind tonight, but uh, we're going to go over our nine o'clock slot uh, so we can get it all in because there is news I want to deal with you, Rebecca, on. Um, very interesting. I'm just feeling a little under the weather, Brandon. So if I don't seem like normal, my normal self, that's the reason. <laughs> no problem. And I'm sorry that we've kept you up this late if you're that's sick. That's okay. That's okay. Um, let's go to this one right here. Texas Senator Ted Cruz, uh, new legislation to ban central bank digital currencies. This is good news, but what are the likelihood this actually, you know, passes both House and Senate and then gets signed <laughs> into law when you get the president putting out an executive order for CBDCs, did he not? Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, Biden wants to obviously move to a digital coin uh, that's trackable, traceable. It's not necessarily the digital dollar that we're all talking about, but he he wants to move us to digital money ASAP. And um, so this has no chance of getting through with this current Congress. I I think it's good that you have Republican leadership and Ted Cruz is like a member of leadership, um, but not obviously Senator Mitch McConnell stepping down. That will be really interesting in November. I wish he wasn't going to wait till November. We need a strong leadership during this election season, not not uh, after. But OK, um, so there's no chance that that is, is dead on arrival. But at least what Cruz is getting out into the public parlance is he's getting the headlines and he's getting, hey, the Republicans really are against uh, central bank digital currency. How about this headline? The great uh, cash out, Jeff Bezos, Leon Black, Jamie Dimon, and the Walton family have now sold a combined $11 billion in company stock this month, some for the first time ever. Um, that doesn't give a whole lot of confidence of what might be coming. What are they, between the rich selling their stock and building bunkers, what are they all getting ready for, Rebecca? Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, you know, Jamie Dimon is really interesting. 150 million shares, a, a massive amount of shares. And the thing is, is that, you know, some speculation has been happening that maybe he had some kind of compensation plan that was triggered automatically by it hitting a certain level. But uh, again, the timing is so coincidental that it doesn't seem like that to me. We know that when we've had previous market corrections, we've seen uh, the brass tax at the top uh, cash out a little bit early and, and and enough early, Brandon, to not like be like, oh, you cashed out two weeks ago. So they are definitely trying to be preemptive here. And it, and it does. It is a tell. It is a big tell. And the fact that uh, Americans what, what does don't it tell you? If you just had tells. to guess, if you just had to guess, what do you think it says? It, it tells me they're taking profits because um, you know you 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 would normally take profits in a in a really overheated market if you thought there was some possible uh, what we call mean reversion or retrenchment. But 
this is massive profit taking. So this is a divestor. I mean, Jamie Dimon has got obviously still has millions and millions of shares, but this is a large divestiture of millions of shares by thy top executives. And so it has to be looked at as why is it happening now? If they believe truly, and Jamie Dimon does it. I mean, he he clearly does. And he said last week that, you know, the 75 to 80% probability that the economists are, are, have a consensus around a soft landing happening isn't even half that. And the article I shared with you earlier, you have the chief economist at Morgan Stanley saying there is zero chance of a soft landing and we are going to have a hard landing. It is going to happen. So I think that that is the truth. And uh, what we're starting to realize when we look at other kind of inflation trackers that are outside of the government that are independent, you know, there's an inflation tracker that tracks 500 goods in 10 cities. And it has shown that inflation is nowhere near the level the official government you know, records are showing. Food inflation has been over 20% since this administration has taken uh, office. I mean, we have massive inflation and we're starting to see that in other data points that uh, it's really difficult for the Federal Reserve to and other government and entities that uh, correlate data to really obfuscate. And I'm talking specifically now about total wages going down because even though the per wage per hour has gone up, they're cutting hours because they don't have the work. And we know that we have massive thousands and thousands of companies have announced layoffs, thousands and thousands of layoffs. So, um, you know, the, the, the economy is being, I don't want to say faked right now because that's not exactly the right we do have some true growth. We do have this AI frontier that everyone believes is going to save. But really, with NVIDIA, that that is the stock that is propping up so much so that I saw a meme um, from, uh, you know, it was a house that has this, this upper floor balcony and there's just two sticks supporting this upper floor balcony. And the, and the, and the picture said U.S. economy. And on one, uh, on one um, you know, really weak pillar, it said NVIDIA. And on the other, it said Taylor Swift. So these are the two things that are holding up the U.S. economy. Taylor Swift going to the Super Bowl, uh, the Super Bowl having the most watched of eyes forever and, uh, and NVIDIA having better than uh, expected earnings and, and having a massive, uh, you know, price share raise on, on the S&P mm. or, or on, the, on the market. Well, uh, her website, by the way, is walzerwealth.com, walzerwealth.com, walzerwealth.com. She is not your traditional family uh, or financial planner, as you will, well, learn as you hear her on my show more and more. So again, for more information about her, walzerwealth.com. Let me go to this next one. Uh, El Salvador's president says the U.S. dollar will collapse. He spoke at CPAC. I don't know if you had a chance to hear his speech, the president of El Salvador. But he said, look, uh, guys, this, this money printing, he was going on and he said that, that the United States economy is built on a farce through its consistent money printing. And he said the bubble that will inevitably burst and devalue the currency has become the backbone of global uh, economics or economies. What, what do you make of this by the president of El Salvador? You know, he he's he's 100% right. I, I was just really revisiting today all of the economic history, Brandon, of, of really Japan, uh, because they're back into recession, even though their stock market has, for the first time, hit a 34-year high. And interestingly enough, Japan was the first country in the world to really introduce uh, quantitative easing. And that was with the 2001, really kind of what we call in America, the dot-com bust. But Japan was really correlated to America back then because of our closer affiliation since World War II. 
And they started doing quantitative easing and for the first, the first global world connected economy to do it in 2001. And they went through, you know, uh, over a decade of deflationary, no growth economy. And I get so sick of these economists that, that just say that they just know absolutely that we're going to have a soft landing and everything's going to be fine and a soft landing is possible because really we didn't change in America to a modern monetary theory monetary policy follower until 2008 and we started doing too big to fail quantitative easing buying toxic assets the troubled asset relief program and all of these things so we we are really a baby in this game we have no idea what really is the implications and what really happened Brandon if you look at it with the exception of some dips in 2013-14 you really see nothing but the stock market going straight up from 2008 to present day. And that includes through coronavirus in 2020. We had a small dip for a few months, but with the stimulus that was printed, the market went straight back up. People didn't say, oh, the stock market lost in 2020. It wasn't until 2022 that we actually saw both the bond market and the stock market collapse together, which is also unprecedented. And that was because uh, the Federal Reserve started on the rate hiking campaign that really decimated the bond market um, and had residual effects on the equity market. And you know, now 2023 happened. If you look at 2023, the economy overall didn't really do well until the very end in October, October through December. When you look at what the Federal Reserve started to do back in October through December, when you look at the actual data, you see that they actually did start increasing the money supply again. So that M2 contraction that we had not had really had a de delirious impact on the economy. The Fed saw that, realized that, and said, you know, we really do need to get some money back into this economy again. They actually increased the money supply. M2 went up, and we started to see the stock market do well. Now, because we've had October to December with the market doing well, everyone's thinking, okay, this is proof that we are in a soft lane. And I can't tell you how many people say to me all the time, oh, you were calling for a black swan event last year. It hasn't happened. And I and I want to, and I do say to these people, because I think these people, I don't, I'm not trying to antagonize or call people out, but if you're going to quote data to me, you better be ready to go head to head with me on data because your data is is not complete it's not accurate you know the fact is that we are going to have a black swan event and you know people say if you're not god you can know what's going to happen or you can know when it's going to happen but you're not god so you cannot know both and i laugh at these people that say you called for a black swan in 2023 like we are talking about the end exactly as this president has said of the fiat system as we know it this is the collapsing of the fiat system. This is a return, a, a collapsing of unipolarity where we had the sole dollar as the global reserve to multipolarity where we will have a secondary global reserve that will be the reserve of the East that will be backed by real hard assets, precious metals, rare earth minerals, and that will force America's hand outright to, to return to a backing of our currency as well. So the dollar will continue to exist, but it is not the sole reserve currency and it will no longer have the ability to be as manipulated as it currently has been. You know, one thing I'll say, Brandon, is there was a, a forecaster of somebody who went into the too big to fail timeframe and was looking at all of the BC paper, the subprime mortgages that were written uh, that created the too big to fail and the, and the, and the really the global financial crisis all stemmed from U.S. 
mortgage-backed securities being securitized as bonds on Wall Street, stamped AAA by Moody's and S&P, and sold as securities, mortgage-backed securities as we call them. And that was bought globally. That's why the, the correction in 20, 2008 was what we call the global financial crisis. It started in America. But one person did data uh, research on this. And what he came to the conclusion, an economist, he said, look, even if we had 20% failure, you're only talking about $200 billion of failure. And so he said, even if we had a 20% subprime lending failure, we're still going to be okay. What he did not compute, and this is where everyone is still not computing, is the derivatives. The derivatives that were the mortgage-backed securities collateralized off of those loans and repackaged and sold with, with basically massive leverage. And so the truth was, it was a loss that was going to be in the several trillions or at least uh, over, highly over one trillion, it wasn't anywhere near 200 billion. And it's the same thing now. What economists do not do is look at the fact that our economy is so driven by financial derivatives um, and that the, tr the tethering or the relationship to the underlying hard asset has become so disconnected and so disproportionately irrational that when we have this collapse, um, that it's unfortunately just not going to be stopped. And it is going to be painful. I, I, I hate to come on the show and, and prognosticate horrible things, but when you're this close to the end of the system that you've had, at least uh, in earnest since 1970, the early 1970s when we got the petrodollar, and you can go back to 1944 and say, you know, really the dollar was obviously Bretton Woods, New Hampshire, uh, the named as the global reserve, but really, when we took our, when we got off the gold standard and and we started having inflationary problems, when we retethered to a hard asset, the petrodollar, we stabilized things and we brought ourselves to present day. And we are so arrogant and we are so of the belief that American dollars can never be lost and America never can lose. And even the arrogance of just listening to your your previous conversation with you know about Russia the arrogance that we have as Americans to say, how dare you defend Russia? How dare we send $600 billion of our taxpayer money to a country when we haven't even understood as an American people other than what has been allowed to get through the media gatekeepers to understand why we're even helping Ukraine against Russia. You know, no one came to our rescue with Bay of Pigs when when we had, you know, um, Cuban Missile Crisis and nuclear weapons going to Cuba. Everyone understood the existential threat that that posed to the United States and our immediate, Kennedy's immediate reaction to that. And that was that was probably the closest until now, Brandon, that, that in my, and I wasn't alive at that time, but in, in, the, in the history that I understand, that's the closest we've been to serious, global nuclear war. And here we are, you've got this Biden administration relying on the fact that Putin is rational and not irrational, that they have pushed and they have pushed and they have pushed. But I want you to understand that I believe that because they know the economic collapse of the dollar is coming, that they are going to leverage World War III yes. as the actual reason that it collapses, because it cannot be their fault that it collapses. It cannot be their policies. It cannot be modern monetary theory. It cannot be quantitative easing. It cannot be, uh, you know, the Federal Reserve's policy. It can't be any of those things that are the reason that the dollar collapses. So you systematically see, you know, um, Dennis Quaid, of all people, the Hollywood actor, went on Tucker Carlson's show and basically laid out the fact that 
there's a 100% probability that there will be another solar flare and that that solar flare would basically fry the entire grid of the United States and we would be back to the dark ages immediately. He said that it had happened before in the 1800s That's and it right. took down it the telegraph up. system. Yeah, absolutely it did, yep. And, and, he's, and then he goes on and says, but even if it's not a solar flare, if it's a rogue actor, that is able to detonate a, a bomb from space that would act as a super EMP bomb. And as we know, within a matter of days, uh, it came out that there's a new national security threat from Russia that they can detonate a nuclear bomb in space. So all of these things are not coincidental. All of these things are in fact intentional to start to pepper the American public, the AT&T situation last week, they are prepping us for Technology shutdown, yes. electronic shutdown, yes. blackouts, yep. cyber attacks, and and really they want the American public to get behind them as again Russia is the enemy and and Russia, Russia, Russia. Have you, you been listening what? to my show this week? Because I, I've been all the time. Brandon, okay, because I've been telling time. my audience that I fear I'm not a defender of Putin and Russia. I'm a defender of truth. Okay, and context and looking at each situation individually. And I said that there's no, there, don't tell me this is coincidental that the Obamas have a movie come out about the end of the world and a cyber attack. Then you have Christopher Ray come before the Congress and say, all the red lights are flashing for a terrorist attack. Then a few weeks later, he goes back before Congress and he says, uh, our grid is at risk from cyber attacks from Russia and China and others. Really, I mean, where were you guys all saying this years ago? You weren't saying hardly any of this, right? Now, all of a sudden, on Q 2024, you want to say this now. Now, as you say, it's Russia, Russia, Russia. Now they're they're baiting Putin. We're going to move. Yeah, Ukraine will join NATO. We're going to, you got Macron calling for putting troops into Ukraine. Putin's saying, okay, and he's now tonight rolling ICBMs, and we've showed the footage of that tonight on backup trucks. Uh, and what do they need now? They need to be able to put the grid down and then blame it on someone. And so it's a, it's, I'm working, worried about a false flag and they're going to say, look what Putin just did. Well, A, did he do it? And if he did, did you guys bait him into doing it? Or B, did you guys, the U.S. government, the federal government do it? The same ones that are involved in the trafficking of children, as we just heard from Tara Rodas tonight, who's a whistleblower from HHS. Uh, Dr. Phil's now reaching a whole new segment of the population, showing us the federal government is the largest trafficker of children, both for sex and labor. We have wow. fentanyl pouring over the border. We have the CCP shipping in here thousands of boxes of Glock switches to turn semi-automatics into machine guns, into automatics, according to Peter Schweitzer. Now they've got the drug cartels bringing them in. They're arming the drug cartels. They're arming the 100,000 CCP military-age males that are in here. We saw from Ben Burkwam earlier tonight all of these military-age males coming through the Darien Gap that are from uh, Muslim nations. You have Iran threatening us. You have Iran funding Hezbollah in Israel. you got uh, our Hezbollah there in uh, Lebanon, north of Israel. And now you've got the crisis, of course, down in the Gaza, Rafa by Egypt. And all of this is tied together. Now, what are they going to do as the election comes up and the American people are awake and they realize, Republican, Democrat, Independent, Libertarians, that this government is corrupt as can be. They just laundered hundreds of millions of dollars through Ukraine. The CIA just got caught with 12 bases they've been putting over there. As we just heard, it was a color revolution in, the, in Ukraine. The CIA has been fooling around over there for a long time. Yes. And now 
We are aware of all the corruption of the government and the American people are ready for some of these people to be arrested. You think they're really going to let an election happen this fall? I mean, what are the odds of an election actually being carried out? No, no, I, I see no election. And I never saw an election this year ever because the truth is um, there are um, health ministries of countries across the world that are already advertising for disease X pandemic yes, workers yes. for the lockdown. So, you know, we have this uh, kind of coming into view now for people that are never satisfied with just being on social media and reading mainstream news and really going out into the depths, watching your show, going out into the depths of the world and finding the information themselves. But what we really see now is really a three-part attack. Um, and the first attack has already happened and it really did happen. I would really encourage you to get um, Michael Benz on your show. He was interviewed by Tucker Carlson. He is uh, seems to be the foremost person I've ever heard talk about how the CIA, uh, the oh, FBI- Oh yeah, we, we played and, a ton of his clips the other day. Okay, so so you understand that our country really has already been taken over. Absolutely. We are really already, already living under authoritarian and totalitarian control. And for all those people that love the constitution like myself, that since 2020 have seen things happen and said, what is happening? Um, this is what's happening. They understand that they now have the power. They stole the previous election. It was statistically provable as impossible to have those vote dumps at that level uh, between 12 and 3 a.m. and the swing states that, that happened that were so highly statistically high for Biden. That was statistically impossible with the data set of voters. That was that was so the, we already knew statistically, if you if you know anything about statistics, you knew that that election was stolen very soon after the election. So so when you steal an election and you have a figurehead running your country that really is a as um, a Manchurian cannon, a puppet for who's really running it, now you get to run him as a moderate and then govern extreme left. You can open your borders. You can say, uh, you can press Russia into World War III. You can have a pandemic. You can force vaccinations. You can do all of these things, even though I know it started under Trump. You can do all of these things because you have now the authority. So I think what will happen is we will see, unfortunately, another pandemic uh, coming forward. There's there's multiple uh, character actors that have already, there's you know ships that have been stopped because they're, you know there's bird flu being found in Antarctica, there's take your pick. I don't know if it's going to be a hemorrhagic fever. It's going to be worse than coronavirus. I can tell you because that was the test run. So people should be pre prepared to not be afraid because these things will be coming because they have to control their power and they cannot allow a Donald Trump back in the White House. That's just that's a foregone conclusion. They cannot allow it. So you're going to see these people reveal themselves in 2024 because they will believe that they are in power and that they have won and they will come out and let us know that they are in power and that they have won. And you just have to be calm and you have to understand that there is a higher power and that there is a bigger plan. This is truly good versus evil. And we are going to see intervention by God himself because humans at this point, we don't have the ability to fight uh, our own military. I mean, can you imagine the president of the United States literally saying the Second Amendment is really irrelevant because you can't fight a tank or a jet? And yet, so that's, what, that's what Biden has said. Basically, you're saying because you could use the military against your own citizens that our Second Amendment rights are irrelevant? Where, where has We have lost our country, Brandon. And, and, and we also so just sad. had an Air Force man set himself on fire who, who was a high level into the intelligence. And he was also, as I'm reading tonight, posting with 
anarchist, extremist anarchist type groups. Now, wait a minute. These are the kind of people in the federal intelligence arena of the military, and they're fooling around with anarchist groups. But if you're a mom that goes to a school board meeting concerned about mask mandating and LGBTQ, you're now a potential domestic terrorist. Well, that's get... because they've weaponized the FBI. And, that's and, right. they, and you have to understand, I never could understand why, you know, because I'm not one of these evil minds that sits around and plans these things. But if you look to what happened in China with their cultural revolution, they, this is it is play by play by play. Go back and look at the cultural revolution with Mao in China in the late 60s, early 70s, and you will see that that is exactly what has happened here. They divide us by race. In China, they divided them by class. They divide us by race. They divide us by sexuality and sexual preferences, pronouns, no pronouns, who are you, who do you support? And, and they do all of this because they want to unwind our sense of identity, our sense of God created something special when he created humans and we are uh, made in his image. And we are special because of that. There's no other creature in, on planet Earth that was made that is in God's image. And so they do all of this to erase our sense of identity, our sense of, of importance as human life and human well-being. And then they start to want to erase our history. They, they did this in China. They erase your history. They take down your statue. They take down your monuments. What are they doing here? These are all racist. We have to apply the 2020 uh, framework to what happened back in the 18 hundreds and the 1600s and the 1700s and you know it's it's all designed Indeed to turn is. us into what we've already become which is totalitarian controlled now, through the media i mean the the social media is controlled through the the uh the cia tools two more uh, points did you say by the way you weren't feeling well tonight yeah who could yeah, tell just under weather who could just... tell you're on fire tonight who could tell who could tell thank you Rand. all right Look, two more items. Look at this one. This is, goes to what you were talking about a while ago. Uh, BRICS. Russia wants loans in Chinese yuan, not the U.S. dollar. Do you know anything about this? Well, yeah. I mean, Putin said on his interview with Tucker Carlson, which is why they have to threaten Tucker Carlson with violating sanctions that he interviewed him because, you know, they can't have they can't have their message that Putin is not. He's an insane lunatic that's ready to hit the red button at any moment. Uh, while all the while they're pushing him, pushing him, pushing him and relying on the fact that he is rational to not go forward with nuclear weapons. So, I mean, obviously, Putin told us 88 percent of uh, their global transactions were used previously before they were kicked out of SWIFT, denominated in U.S. dollars. And at the end of when he was interview with Tucker Carlson, he said it was down to 13 percent. They have de-dollarized. Uh, they've been forced to de-dollarize. Sorry, Brandon, just not feeling good. They've been forced to de-dollarize with um, with the the kicking them out of the SWIFT system. It has just really fast-tracked. It has fast-tracked the, the global uh, turning away from the dollar. And, and that was what was meant to happen because you can't run an empire um, that really does control the global reserve currency and be an evil empire. And, and, and evil has, unfortunately, successfully at this time, uh, gotten into enough positions of power. I mean, look what happened with Trump in the New York and the ramifications of that economically, Brandon, the, the Trump judgment out of New York, the headline risk now for pension funds, for institutional hedge funds, for institutional investment is so high that you're talking about a pullout of investment in these states that have these kinds of policies. And, and unfortunately, they're the states that are not conservatively managed red states. 
we're talking about with this judgment, the end of the rule of law. Absolutely. And so many reasons that, that investment doesn't go and China is not bigger than us already, even though their GDP and, and what they produce really is, they have surpassed us. But so many reasons that there's not more investment poured into China is because that is a communist country and they don't necessarily follow the rule of law. And we're seeing that now and all of these bankruptcy actions force property liquidations for, the, for the real, their real estate property market that's going on in Hong Kong. The rule of law is, oh, well, instead of you, you institutional investors getting any of your claims, uh, you're written off. You're just written off. And that's why investment in these kinds of countries cannot be done because people and the investor thinks at the end of the day, if you file bankruptcy, am I going to have bankruptcy laws that I can rely on that are going to protect at least some result of me getting some of my money back? And you can't in China. And this New York case is the beginning of the banana republic of the rule of law in business in America. And I because do what it's not setting think... up then is basically confiscating the property of anyone they just disagree with. Yeah, I mean, I mean, to the, to put it as the most mildest terms as possible, they are basically stating that that Trump overstated the value of his properties when he applied for mortgages or loans with real estate, you know, with banks and the banks fully underwrite. So you put on your uh, asset sheet what you believe your properties are worth. The banks go to the underwriters. The underwriters do third-party appraisals where they appraise other buildings that have sold with the same or similar features within a certain amount of distance. And they determine fair market value through the market and through sales. And they might've said, okay, you say it's 400, we say it's 300, we'll lend you 200, uh, you know, 200 of 300, that's what we'll lend you. The banks testified on Trump's behalf, Deutsche Bank, and basically said, we were repaid in full, we made money on this loan, we made interest on this loan, we were happy to do the loan for him, we would like to do business with him again. So you had no victim and you have the state saying, finding him guilty of fraud. And show me the and man and I'll show you the crime, right? And then demanding 353 million and then putting a 9% you know, interest rate on that. And unfortunately, uh, the New York appellate court today ruled, uh, they, they took the case, but they ruled uh, because Trump was, uh, attorneys were asking for the judgment to be stayed, that he wouldn't have to post bond or that he would only have to post maybe 100 million a bond and the New York Court of Appeals denied that request, forcing Trump to post this bond, which then again achieves the the directive of the lower level. And and, and New York, don't get confused. Uh, the lowest level court in New York is called the Supreme Court. So a lot of people see New York Supreme Court in news articles and they think the New York Supreme Court said this. No, no, no. The trial court in New York is the one that made this decision. But basically with the appellate court not staying the judgment bond uh, requirement, they are forcing Trump to pr produce assets and tie up assets. This is all so, I mean, you're talking about a person that has no victim who's running for president, who's this is happening to him as he's running. And if we can't as Americans see that they didn't defeat him with two impeachments, they didn't defeat him in 2016, they were successfully able to cheat him out of his win in 2020. But the point is, if we can't see that this is just old Jack Smith, uh, Alvin, all of these prosecutors, Letitia James, you know, Fannie Willis, and it goes on and on and on, Fannie, uh, on and on and on about all of these court cases out for Trump. Now, this man has been out of office 
since January 6, 2021. And we're just now having all these court cases. I mean, I know some of them are related to, to things later, but no, this is clear on its face, what we call a prima facie evidence of just total lawfare trying to get the person that you don't want to come in to expose you. But the truth is these people are going to be exposed well before November because Let's of pray. all the things that are going to happen. One, one final topic here. Why the economists are warning of another U.S. banking crisis. This is an article that was out two days ago, but I want to go to this one. The red letter day is March 11th. Now, this is something you and I have talked about several times. When U.S. Central Bank when, when U.S. Central Bank, the Federal Reserve, will end the Bank Term Funding Program, or TFP, a year after it began in response to the failures of regional bank, banks Signature, Silvergate, and Silicon Valley. These banks were brought down by customers drawing deposits in mass, both because many were tech or crypto businesses that needed money to cover losses because there were better saving rates available elsewhere, et cetera, et cetera. Are we still headed toward that? Have you heard any update? Uh, we're, we're, we're now, what, 12 days from this? I mean, today's the... What is the date today? The 28th? I mean, are we, what, 10, 11 days from this now? You know, on the one hand, Brandon, I say to myself, there's no way that the <laughs> Fed can let this program go because it will mean the imminent collapse of banks. But on the other hand, the Federal Reserve has written that they expect there will be additional bank failures in 2024. So you have to say to yourself, if they are already putting in writing that they're expecting additional bank failures and that we should expect it and that it's part of banking as, you know, healthy banks and unhealthy banks, you know, rise and fall and that this is part of the expectation. Maybe. I mean, I, I do believe that Powell is not as as uh, free money as everyone seems to think he is. I do think that he's a little more hawkish than people give him credit for. And I do think that he doesn't want to be the reason that the economy is fakely propped up again. And if you think about it, and this is what per the perspective that Americans don't have, you know, we've had bank failures in the past. The four largest bank failures, the largest one ever was Washington Mutual in 2008 with a part of the global financial crisis. They were a big BC lender, direct BC lender, and that was massively their issue. But three of the four of our largest bank failures occurred last March and February, March, the spring. And that's what brought forward BTFP, right? So that it stymied that. And then you could have the end of the 2023 year say, oh, this was a great year for the stock market. Are you kidding me? This is fake, fake and fakery. It's all fake. And, and when I say fake, what I mean is it's through monetary policy, through, through the BTFP, through other FOMC uh, credit facilities that are getting these banks shored up when they're not shored up. So, no, I think that we are in for, um, like I said, Bruden, this is the end of the fiat system as we know it. And there is going to be a match. What that match will be, whether it's disease X coming forward and they try to shut us down again, so they can try to do mail-in voting for a, a, an election that's already predetermined. Um, America has to wake up and realize, like I saw these things happening and I've been really, you know, just, it's been hard since 2020, I've gotta be honest, because I'm someone who loves the constitution. I love justice, fairness, equity, true equity, not fake equity where you're trying, you know, there's something to be said if your country has no identity, because if you have no identity, then you can take on the identity of whoever is running you and telling you this is your identity. So all of this diversity, equity, inclusion, unfortunately, although they might have it sounds like good, you know, good tenants of, of, of equity and equilibrium and all those things, it's not true. 
The ultimate nefarious purpose is to so make American not American that we are just people of everywhere with no national cultural identity, that we are able to finally be moved out of the way as the world goes to what they ultimately want, which is one world government and total totalitarian control through digital money and uh, carbon footprint tracking and everything is tracked. You spend nothing. You even don't even have a job because all of your jobs are now robotized and you have universal basic income and you do what they say. And that's where this, if this doesn't get stopped, this is where we are headed because the United States is effectively now lost in Indeed. my opinion. And here it is, Walter Wealth. This is a gorgeous website here, folks. And you can find all about all about her, her team, their process, uh, all the interviews she does. Uh, this, again, of course, is her website, walzerwealth.com. She is not your traditional financial planner. Let me ask you, my friends, <laughs> have you ever had a conversation with your financial planner like <laughs> we've just had tonight? No, most of them end up arguing with you and telling you how crazy you are that you just buy for the long haul. The dollar's great. Historically, it all works out fine. You're a nut if you want to diversify into precious metals. You know, they how many of them argue with you like that? Well, that's, again, why she is not the traditional financial planner. So, I, again, I urge you to go to her website, walzerwealth.com. Check it out. Make an appointment with her and her team. I will tell you, just for the sake of everybody, so nobody's frustrated, you have to have a net worth of at least a quarter of a million, right, Rebecca, to do this because yeah. she has certain license and requirements that she has to follow. It's not because she's, uh, you know, just doesn't want to help anybody below a certain net, in net income or net worth. She has license procedures and practices she has to follow, okay? So if you have a net worth of 250,000 or more, look her up for office there, walzerwealth.com, make an appointment. You may not get her on the phone, folks. Can you imagine how many people are calling her? But she has a team that are handpicked by her. She hires them, they're handpicked and vetted by her. That's her team. You're dealing with her office, her staff, okay? When you call walzerwealth.com. Rebecca, as always, we appreciate your being with us. I went long tonight because I don't have anyone right behind me in the nine o'clock slot on uh, patriot.tv that we've launched and um, nice. we will soon. So I won't be able to do this every night. So I'm going to take advantage of it while I can. And so I want to awesome. thank you for uh, being with us tonight. And we'll ask the whole audience to pray for you and, and hope that you get thank to feeling you. better. You sure wouldn't thank know you. you're not feeling well. You did a great <laughs> job. Great. Lots, as always, thank great you. information. I was trying to hang in there with you. I said, thank you. <laughs> well, you did. Thank you, Rebecca. Have a great thank night. Thank you so much. You too. Rebecca Walzer checking in, walzerwealth.com. Now, before we go, you're like, well, how does this guy have so much energy himself? I've been on radio and television today. What today? What is this now? Three and a half hours already? Uh, is that right? Yeah, three and a half, good three and a half hours going on four hours. No, with General Flynn, we're going on uh, oh, about four and a half hours today so far. I could go another hour, but I won't. So how is it I have so much energy? Well, one way I guarantee you folks is right here. Because earlier today, I was starting to get a little tired. And whenever I do get a little tired, I grab one of these. This is my elixir that I take twice a day. And yes, it does give me energy, but it gives me more than that. It has collagen in it. Yes, guys, we need collagen too for our eyes, our hair, our skin, uh, ligaments, uh, muscles, tendons. 
Uh, it also has cat's claw. That's an anti-inflammatory, which, of course, a lot of problems come from the inflammation. And then it has something known as astraxanthin, which is loaded with antioxidants to take on those free radicals. And, of course, this brand, high-level brand of astraxanthin, won the 2022 Cognitive Award. So, again, if you would like to get on board with this and take it like I do, and Melissa does twice a day, and she's the one that brought it to us, then please go there to melissahousebg.com and check it out. We have a lot of you that get the subscription each and every month, and you're continuing to get it. Why? Well, obviously, it must be working for you or you would cancel it. So that right there tells me a lot. But you know what I like about this? I like this part right here, the science and clinical trial docs. Check it out, science and clinical trial docs. So again, a great way to support your health and us at the same time. Another way you can do it is by going here, wvwfoundation.com and make a contribution that helps us push out programming to help you understand the times through the lens of a Christian worldview. Our foundation is one of our biggest sponsors. So thank you for supporting our foundation that supports us, wvwfoundation.com. Tell your family and friends, all of these programs are archived on demand at worldviewtube.com. That's worldviewtube.com. May God save America. Take care.